Welcome to the Breathe Podcast, where we explore the intersection of faith and creativity. We interview artists who plays a role in their art and expression, hoping to encourage you to live a life of creativity and faith. And now, please welcome your co-hosts, Derek Engoy, Christian Mendoza, and Kevin Horton. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Christian Mendoza, co-host over at the Breathe Podcast. And a month ago, I volunteered for a community beautification project named Long Beach Walls, formerly known as Long Beach Powwow. And on the first day, I was walking to the headquarters to check in to get my assignment. Before I walked into the headquarters, I saw a lady with a flat dolly and a ton of paint, right? And I told myself, I'm like, chill, yo. There's 12 female artists at this event. More than likely, you're not going to be assisting her. Yeah. Then, you know, I, I got a text from the volunteer coordinator, my homie Andrea James, who was actually the first uh, interview for this season. And she gave me a text and said, go to Sowing Seeds. Mary Young needs your assistance. And then, so after I did about three circles around the actual site of Sowing Seeds, because it's like this one-way track, right? Yeah. I finally go up and I meet her. And then it ended up being the same lady I had seen walking to headquarters. We ended up loving the same music and going to the same high school. I ended up finding out that she's the only lady that I've ever met that says yo more than I do yo. And so, <laughs> yeah, this is Mary Young from Long Beach, B-girl, street artist, artist, future educator as well. So how are we doing, Mary? Good, good. Um, thank you so much for that introduction, Christian. It was a complete pleasure just to be able to do that with you and be able to meet you. First, if you don't mind, let your beautiful listeners know that I recognize and live and create on the traditional lands, the sacred lands of Bavugna, Tongva, Chumash, and many other indigenous groups who call these grounds home. Uh, I honor them and I extend my gratitude to all my indigenous relatives still living on the, these lands. And also today is National Day of Truth and Reconciliation. It's basically a day where we remember the lives of children who didn't make it back home from like boarding schools and residential schools. So I don't want to start off like that, but uh, it's a very important day today um, as indigenous mm-hmm. people. But yeah, I'm, I'm a Shema. I'm, uh-huh. I have a son who is four years old. Mm-hmm. And I consider myself a multidisciplinary artist, a muralist, a BIPOC activist, mm-hmm. steward of the land and water and environmental justice advocate and beyond. So I'm just so happy to be here and share these words with you. Oh, yeah, for sure. Before we get in depth, we'll get into all of that, because I believe that or actually the whole entire podcast. And I know you'd believe it, too, because we've talked about it, that everybody deserves their individual voice and that it should be honored and respected as if it was their own. And that's why I I just connected with you right away. So, Mayor, could we get your social media contacts or websites or any kind of groups or organizations you're affiliated with? I mean, you listed off some stuff a little earlier. Sure. My IG handle is Young Mare. That's Y-O-U-N-G, M-E-R, not the MC, mm-hmm. but Mare Plugs Flower Young. And my website is maryoung.com. And I also have a mural site, which is called Mossy Murals, M-A-U-S-I murals.com. That's basically where you can find all of my mural works and things like that. Yeah. Um, the other one just pretty much breaks it down of, you know, my whole life story, basically. 
Mm-hmm. Well, actually, the next the next thing I'd like to get into is kind of like your life story, kind of a brief bio or a history of who is Mare, what made you start art, and where would you like to go in the future? So well, I'm going to date myself right now. I have uh, over 20 years of experience in the art industry. Oh, I'm nice. A working artist and activist creating artwork for change within like Black and Brown, um, Indigenous and Native communities. Mm-hmm. And again, environmental and social justices with different mediums. So I began as an exhibiting artist mm-hmm. and then I grew tired of the gallery scene and the politics behind that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so I got out of that and uh, was led to teach classes and hold like workshops to underserved communities and to connect with my people was super important for me for many reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can, we, can we go into to those? To, to what? Oh, the reasons why just being able to give to your community is um, I just important. felt like there's more. That's the essence of who you are, I would imagine. Right. I just feel there's, you know, at the time it was 2000, so much underrepresentation of our people. Yes, um, I understand. Within the brown and black community and uh, indigenous community. So I just, I, I would paint these indigenous people and would do a lot of these shows. And I just, it wasn't within the gallery space. It wasn't really seen. I didn't see myself. I didn't, I felt, couldn't really have make that yeah. connection. You know? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's like when you turn on the TV, you don't see a direct representation of you. You didn't right. really feel that it was your environment. Yeah. In, in a sense. Yeah. Cause I know that that's was, that was one of the big things during the impressionist movement, you know, with the salon and all that in France. And so they had a bougie yeah. scene and then they had the highbrow thing. It's just not, <laughs> not for me, man, you know, yeah. and there's, 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 there's art for the common people. So I know that your, your art totally speaks to me on, on that level. We'll get into on that later. I have a question specifically on that. But one of the things that I learned when I volunteered for you during Long Beach Walls was that, you know, you're always creating and expressing yourself at a real young, early age. I mean, can you go into depth what it was like growing up in like the inner city in Wilmington and how important it was for you to have artistic, creative outlets or even like with music, you were even saying with b-boying, I mean, to maintain your sanity or mental health. Do you find art healing? And if so, how? Yeah, I grew up in the heart of the harbor, known as mm-hmm. Wilmington. Yeah. When I was telling you, it's a very industrialized city mm-hmm. where, like, the air quality and was bad and still is bad. And there was mm-hmm. gun and gang violence and poverty, like, during the 80s. Um, and it was mm-hmm. all accepted and normalized. And there was basically, like, no green spaces along the area. And on top of that, arts were, like, not accessible. Yeah. So creating art was my outlet. It became my outlet. And I found my peace in drawing and later in painting. And I lived in an area of Wilmington called Ghost Town. Uh-huh. And it's, or to the locals, known as Eastside Pain. <laughs> uh-huh. And it was predominantly like Bloods or Pyru in the area. And, mm. and, you know, I was demanded by my relatives not to walk or ride our bicycles, you know, near this street called Watson Avenue and Cruces streets because there was a lot of heat there and gang activity basically and drugs, you know, just the transactions. So 
uh, it really sucked because the only park that was in the neighborhood was on Watson and we lived on O Street. And uh-huh. right off Sanderson Street and Q Street was this, I don't even know if it's called Rodex anymore, Wilmington. It's a Wilmington yard where there are like shipping containers, mm-hmm. right? And ah, man, the shipping containers. And then there was like this, another railway company. And I think it was Watson Yard. I don't even know, man. Mm-hmm. It was so long ago. Again, this is like during the 80s, early 90s. And I remember watching like Style Wars. Mm-hmm. And this is like a 1983 documentary. I know you know of it. Yeah. And it's basically a subculture of hip hop that was developing in in New York in the late 70s, early 80s, I think. But mm-hmm. I was really influenced by graffiti and b-boying in the film. And I remember seeing and Dondi and... Uh-huh. And days and marijuana, uh, Mar- 139, I'm sorry, or Carlos, R- Carlos Rodriguez, and there's like no relation with Mayor. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I was highly influenced. And then seeing, you know, the breakers like does and crazy legs. And I was just took back by all of it, by all of their talent. I was just a kid, you know, wanting to be like them and mm-hmm. to get in- advantage of the environment I lived in, which was like similar to theirs. Yeah, went out and grabbed the trains with like Rustolium and Krylon back then, and Rustolium mm-hmm. like had this message on the can, and I remember it said "Beautify" as it protects, right? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. in my mind, I was like, "I'm beautifying the city. I'm beautifying my yeah. city." It was a chance to get away from the volatile environment I was in and away from gangs. So. I used to write write chalk, which is C O H C, and one of my uncles gave me that nickname for me. He called me Chocolate City. So, um, <laughs> and if you know anything about uh, writers, you know that like having three letters or four letter names was like the easiest. But yeah, yeah, I mean, as a kid, it was just a way for me to to you know cope. Oh, nice. I mean, let's let's talk about. It. I mean, you're talking about the train yard. You're talking about Style Wars, but. Just a few weeks ago, you know, for Long Beach Walls, you know, the theme was stand up, focusing on female artists, right? So what was it like being a female in the graffiti scene? Because I've heard of horror stories. And this is from dudes, because the cops and the gangs are after you. And this is from men who didn't even have to worry about being sexually assaulted. So what was it like being being a female in the graph scene in the the 80s and 90s? Yo, really... As a kid, I felt invincible. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't be touched. I thought no one would see me and I felt protected in a way, you know, like mm-hmm. when I'd go out and write, I never dressed apart. I carried, you know, my backpack, mm-hmm. you know, I, I what I'd had, you know, I carried in my backpack was like filled with cans. And I think just being female, I felt like no one really suspected that of me and mm-hmm. A kid wearing like striped baseball socks with vintage dare. I don't even remember the dare trucker hats. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and like Bart so- Simpson tees. Like, you know, this is a, you know, the seas the that I had. So I, I don't think I fit the description of, you know, being a troublemaker. And not only that, I wrote solo, but like now that I look back, anything could have happened to me. Mm. I was once chased in the yard, but I booked it and I didn't even get to finish my piece. So Doing Long Beach Wall stand-up really, it felt empowering in a way, but mm. more was like a, a sense of pride knowing that it was all female. It was an all-female lineup. Mm. And in the 90s and 80s, there weren't much many rap artists. The only one that I could remember was Lady Pink. And we we spoke about her 
Mm-hmm. And she's a graffiti and mural artist. And she was they very, have a, is it Claw too? They have the, the, the Lady Claw. She's like also a legend too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, these like during that time, it was like she was it, you know, mm-hmm. she was like you know, wild style too, you know, uh, and like, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> yeah, that's like the, the 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 highest pedestal you could possibly get on during that yeah. time. Yeah, I, I admire her so much. And and then not only that, it was like not that many B-girls as well. And I remember Asian One. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know who Asian One is, but, you know, I just felt this connection, you know, mm-hmm. with them. Yeah. So what was it like being recognized? I mean, we, we touched upon it a little as being one of the, the 12 feature artists for Long Beach Walls. You know, the stand up in honor of ladies and feminism and just their work on the art scene. was it like to be chosen to, want to be one of those people uh bro i was asked a few times to take part in what was mm-hmm. known as powwow walls uh-huh. but it didn't really align with me mm-hmm. on the serious tip powwows are very sacred to the indigenous people and i yeah. know I, I didn't want to be affiliated with that at the time yeah with the name yeah. yeah when i was approached this year to participate the name was changed and so the grounds, sowing seeds of change, I was asked to paint mm-hmm. on the urban farm tucked away in downtown Long Beach. And mm-hmm. it employs like transition age people with disabilities and it fosters youth through urban agriculture and vocational program that grows like organic produce. Mm-hmm. So it was for me, it wasn't about being recognized. It was more the idea of giving back to the community and the city I love so much. Yeah. Another thing too, I mean, during Long Beach laws, you hit a Another pretty major milestone. It was your biggest wall ever. 100 by 25, 2,500 square feet. Yeah. I mean, what was it like to knock that out in, in, in such a public spectacle or uh, being a public event? Yeah, I was a little overwhelmed when I first seen it and knowing the uh-huh. size. And, and yeah, the size, the dimensions uh, was crazy. I, I actually met the the previous muralist artist named Nevermade who gave me those dimensions. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just like, whoa. <laughs> but I had did like a similar mural, almost the same size this past January at Silverado Park on the West Side. Mm-hmm. And I, I did that piece like dolo in like uh. two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think the challenging part was just that it was the heat more or less. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was about to mention that. That was the second part of the question was, what was it like to do your biggest part or biggest wall ever in near 100 degree heat? <laughs> that was, yeah, I man, think that I was did. probably the hardest thing to, to deal so, with, right? So you I had no know, shade. Yeah, I just want to let everybody already. know that her wall was basically facing the where the sun sets. So once it hit 12, no shade. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, honestly... <laughs> Yeah, dripping, dripping sweat, right? Down right. your back. The, I think, as you know already, starting off in the morning time and calling it quits before it got too hot. Mm. Uh, umbrellas were like a lifesaver. Man, I was gifted with time and labor by all the volunteers. Got to meet you. I'm so grateful mm. to you, dude. Uh-huh. Um, Melody and Melissa and the other Christian, yeah. and Veronica and all, you know. Yeah, we were known as the Christians. 
Yeah, those two kind of tall, the like Christian, dark dudes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I yeah. mean, you know, the, the, the homies that, you know, that came yeah. and left and, you know, my family and my homegirl, longtime friend, Jamuna, you know, she stayed mm. with me like at the very end, you know, the three last days. And I. Yeah, yeah. doing the brushwork at the top. That yeah. Was like, yeah. I, I honestly couldn't have done it, you know, or knocked it out in those last few days few days without you guys and without her for real mm-hmm. yeah but i mean going into the next question I mean, one of the things that i love about painting is with others is that we can connect you know with people on a heart-to-heart level once you're once you're hanging out with people that are doing art for the right reason doing it for themselves then to make the community better oh man and then and then that's when uh, it's where more people are coming to do something, you know, from a passionate and loving stance, you know, and I believe that, you know, we're kind of doing it consciously and subconsciously with each other. That was when you kind of showed me why you do your art. You know, do you mind sharing us what motivates you doing your art? Well, I mean, I, I agree. I feel like connecting and being passionate and being open, all that, you know, I was able to experience that with you, you know, mm-hmm. like connecting with you. And I like, totally appreciate your openness and receiving my words and energy mm-hmm. as well. And when Jamuna and I were uh, on the boom, we spoke about the same thing. Like um, it was just like vibing and sharing, you know, that space. And mm-hmm. um, she's also a DJ. So her music, her playlist. Oh, really? Like, oh, so we should yeah. Hang out so her playlist just like sank into me, dude. It was, it was okay. Amazing. So playlist competition then between me and <laughs> Jamuna. I don't know, man. I follow her. Man. I actually follow her. Okay, and cool. I, I've seen some of her stuff. So yeah, I, I saw her with the Dilla and I'm like, uh oh. Yeah. Is this another one? All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was dope. But let's go, let's go a little more into your style. I mean, my okay. interpretation of your artistic style is kind of based off of. It's like mystic auras or energy fields that a lot of the ancient tribal civilizations and cultures believe. And it's almost being proven in a scientific manner now. But what I like too is like the portraiture and the contrast in your texture, you know, that that your work shows. Can you describe your artistic style and philosophy? I mean, you touched upon it a little in the intro when you were talking about how you did portraits of indigenous people that had passed and you're giving homage to certain lands. Do you mind going into detail a little more about portraits? Yeah, if I were to describe my style, it would be ethereal. Like Mm -hmm. it's defined as being extremely delicate and light in a way that seems like too perfect for this world. Yeah. So it's like this was like super intentional. So I grew up like with images of indigenous leaders mm-hmm. um, that hung throughout our home, like Geronimo, Sitting Bull, uh, Sitting Bull, mm-hmm. Red Cloud, Cochise, and like other painted visions by Native mm-hmm. artists. And these paintings were they would visually like send you into another dimension, mm-hmm. um, dream visions with like metaphysical attributes. So I later like questioned like who took these images and, you know, I came to find out that majority of them were taken by this non-native named Erd- uh, Edward Curtis, mm-hmm. who would like stage the image of the sitters mm-hmm. and then put these odd things behind them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
And he like photographed over 2000 portraits of natives, you know, Mm. and over 80 of them were like from different tribes. And then it was like, he called it like the vanishing race race, which was, you know, it really shaped the perspective of indigenous people and Mm -hmm. formed like this misunderstanding of native culture. And my thought was to dismantle this view of my people. Mm. So I initially approached this with like an analog collage, cutting out the images. And I would either paint or layer, layer it with like photographs or foliage I took on my travels and compose Mm. it with like this symbolic, meaningful imagery. And then I started pulling images from archival domain. And then I would research where these these ancestors were from. Then I reimagined it into space rather than this staged image that froze them yeah. like in time. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. Yeah. And if you know my work, it's always like it always has like this crown of light or like mm-hmm. an aura or halo, if you if you will. Mm-hmm. And it it's basically a representation of life, like the iris of our eye, the moon, the sun, the, the earth, the stars, the womb, right down to the, yeah, like, yeah, cellular, like the center like, of our heart, you yeah. know, like the reason why we exist. All of that, like the sun dance circle, the, the sacred hoop, which signifies like the boundary and in all like knowledge of the universe. So yeah, what, what draws me to your style is it's a, perfect combination of ancient and modern i mean it's modern with the colors and the the composition but it's also ancient because you're paying honor to people that you know our ancestors and you're also paying honor to the earth by just choosing landscapes it's really dope like that it's like a perfect balance between analog and digital and that's what i really love about your style thank you yeah yeah, so let's go. Let do you mind going into a, like a heavy question? Like, here's one. I mean, let's go into your spiritual beliefs because I know that when we we met each other during Long Beach Walls, you technically described yourself as spiritual, and I'm like, hey, I'm down with that because that's how I kind of classified myself. Because I believe that from a spiritual standpoint, we're all talking about the same things. We just let the words and the terminologies and the labels get in the way. I have a feeling that we're all talking about the same thing. I mean, okay. yeah. So, uh, can you go into detail? I mean, about your spiritual beliefs are, and I know you you kind of classified yourself as not being religious. Do you mind like maybe explaining that? Yeah, I mean, as a as a youth, you know, they, it's very difficult. I mm. we were uh, initially raised in like you know the Catholic Church. Oh yeah, I was too. Oh man, that was very yeah, real, really restrictive. Yeah, very restrictive. Very like it was, it was a lot. But I feel spirituality has many perspectives, and in my mm. own journey, like I believe in the divine, the creator mm. of all. Like moreover, that my ancestors are guiding a guiding mm. force, and live among us like in nature, from all elements of life, from like water, land, wind, and fire. Mm. And I believe in the light of life that there is happiness. Like, I believe that. I believe that the light of life is that there is happiness and purpose. And our purpose really is to find and live in peace and harmony, to experience like ultimate joy. Mm-hmm. And that 
that is really readily available to us every day. But like to find that light and embrace it, it can be challenging for some. Oh, yeah. Like having to choose it. It's it is tough. But what's actually kind of cool is you I was you know how we were talking about the energies and lights and how you you perceive it in your portraiture. I mean, you're kind of talking about, you know, your energy and light within your own spiritual belief. You know, and that's what's actually you actually answered the next question was, yeah. how, how does that relationship of your spirituality show up when you do your art? You're literally <laughs> showing us the energy from from, uh, you know, the emotions that you're drawing from the picture or even the landscape. So it's pretty crazy. Um, so why is it important for you, you know, as an individual artist, you know, to tell the story of the people because you're you're representing you know, tribal races and so on and so forth. I mean, what's it like? I feel like there's this like reoccurring trope in American past stories about the vanishing Indian, like I mentioned earlier with Edward Curtis, like vanishing race. Mm -hmm. And it's a form of uh, indigenous erasure. And it, it is a difficult, like, you know, past story of European invasion, colonialism would destroy lands and many of our ancestral relatives. And still today, mm-hmm. many indigenous tribes continue to defend, you know, sovereign right over their ancestral territories, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And so in my work, I like, you know, contribute my part to bring about like a re- awareness and hope to find change yeah just to have everybody's voice and story heard because that's actually one of my favorite holidays is uh dia de los muertos where it's it's honoring your ancestors and it's just the thought behind it it's so true because you're not you'll never you would never be who you are if it wasn't for your family yeah and it's very similar to what you're doing but you're even doing it even further generations deep which is really cool Yeah, I feel like, you know, just creating something that's like timeless, you know, Mm -hmm. like with these cats, you know, like the Edward Curtis, like, I mean, you know, cool that he documented and did all these portraits, but at the same time, like just created this like kind of a sore. Yeah, Yeah, man. (laughs) But I mean, then you have more artists like yourself. You're in a culturally safe manner or a culturally way where you're actually protecting it. And that's just pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you've realized that, oh man, it's getting misrepresent misrepresented. Um, like in the graffiti terms, I mean you're kind of overwriting that dude. Cap. <laughs> yeah, right. You're just totally going over this guy and you're like, no, that's not yeah. what it's supposed to be. Yeah. It's supposed to be this. Well, I mean, and not so- that I like associate myself with cap, but it, I hear what yeah. you're saying is like, yeah. you know, this is the same concept, right? Yeah. So here's another question. What are two of your favorite colors and why? Because I noticed that in a lot of your artwork, it's all about the color. And can you me too? I know it's going to be hard. Uh, I feel like the word I, I would just put aside like favorite mm-hmm. uh-huh. <laughs> and say that I appreciate all colors, but I'm drawn to like turquoise because it's like tangible turquoises are like pieces falling from the you know you're actually wearing turquoise rings yeah falling from the sky you know yeah. the rain and it can be found like mm. like we yep. believe it can be found at, uh, at the end of the rainbow it's healing yeah. and i feel like the other would be coral which is 
you know, it comes through the sea and mm. uh, yeah, it basically like for me, it tells us to, to listen to our feelings. Oh, that's yeah. pretty cool. You, you have a warm and a cool. Yeah. 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 I've always, I've always liked blue because it's just so fast. I mean, it could be serious, like navy blue and dark blue, yeah. or it could be really fun, like baby blue and light blue. You know, right. and so it has that crazy spectrum. And I know, yeah, I, I really like blue too. The next one is what are your two favorite mediums and why? Just to work with my hands. So I appreciate like any physical medium, mm. like to create with blue um, painting or printing, anything like that. Mm. So, well, let's go into that. I mean, one of the things that I was really being grateful for is my hands right it's like because i'm i'm relatively a new uh, visual artist i've only been doing that maybe about seven years and okay. so in in that time i'm like oh man i really appreciate and love anything that i could do with my hands everything from cooking to drawing to painting so let's 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 give some love and appreciation to hands for real right? <laughs> like why, why do you appreciate your hands because I, I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, um, th- I was running one time uh, in Long Beach, like mm-hmm. near Cherry Park. Everyone knows it as Cherry Park. I don't even know the real name of it. But anyways, I was hit by a car. And, really? Yeah. And <laughs> it, it like it swole up my I didn't break anything. I'm still alive. Uh-huh. But like it, Thank goodness. It, it took out my right hand. They took out my right hand. It was like a hit and run. So they took out my right hand and my right hand swole. And like, I've, I'm initially Uh left-handed. Like grade school, they teach you, you know, it's like a right-hand world, right? Uh So, uh, you know, just appreciating and, you know, becoming ambidextrous and stuff like that throughout your life. So when my, what I feel was like my dominant right hand, which is my right, I was just like, man, this is crazy, you know, that I'm not Mm -hmm. able to use my hand. But I would just still be able to draw with my left hand. You know what I'm mm. saying? So hands down to hands. <laughs> yeah, I love hands. It's like, and maybe even think and get like all super deep and philosophical. I'm like, okay, well, from the very existence of humanity, what speaks more? Our voice or the actions of what our hands do. Mm-hmm. And I think that the fact that half of humanity qualify or they they kind of label themselves as introverts. I would think that our hands speak more than our mouths do, yeah. you know, as a, as a, as a, as a species, yeah, you know? Yeah. I mean, like the making of the pyramids, you know, like a lot of those guys were never writing down all this stuff. They were just doing, right. you know, doing it for, well, they were slaves, but, but you know, <laughs> they were doing it just to, to get yeah. to, to, for the sake of getting something done. So let's go with the next question here. Okay. I mean, who are, some of the most influential artists, you know, in your life that have, that have inspired you. Can you give Yo. us like, let's give us two, let's go modern and we'll go dead, dead person and, no. a, and a live person. Or, 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 let's go. A, no. Wait, okay. What is hold it? Up. It's not even a person, yo. Like, oh, Lady I'm Pink, liking this answer already. Like, like Lady Pink was like hella dope, but the Pacific ran, yo. Uh-huh. It's a tiny little bird that can fit in your hands, the palm of your okay. hand pretty influential they create okay. like these crazy amazing nests made of wigs and feathers and grasses 
And these birds are so like meticulous and they pick and choose what goes into their nest, right? So mm-hmm. I find like similarities in their work aligned uh-huh. with my own. And you what know? is that? A Pacific Rim? What what it's country Pacific, is it native to? It's it's everywhere. It's a Pacific Rim. Like there's uh-huh. we have a California Pacific Rim. It's W R E N. Okay, I'm gonna check that out. They're little tiny, like little yo. Okay. So smaller than a hummingbird? No, I wouldn't say smaller. I would say like a little bit a little bit bigger than a hummingbird. Okay, so we yeah, but they fit in the palm of your hand, dude. It's really cool. Oh, that's nice. Okay, so next question here we got for you is I've seen you paint while listening to music, right? Mm-hmm. And so I know that when you paint and when you listen to music, there's like a certain rhythm and a flow, you know, yeah. where you're synchronized with the music. And I know that you were a B-girl back in the day. <laughs> I mean, how important is music to you when you're creating art? Because I noticed that you were zoning in and you're you're painting to the rhythm of the music. It's pacing you. Like you're becoming one with the music, you're becoming intertwined. Can you explain that to to the to the listening yeah. audience out there? Yeah. What's it feel like? <laughs> yeah. Because that's the that's the feeling that a lot of people are like, man, I wish I could feel that. You know, non-artists say that. So what's it like for you? I'm gonna keep it brief, man, because music is like everything. Like yeah. I see colors when I hear music. Mm-hmm. It's like a pulse. Um, and it's like super important for me to to listen when I create. Mm-hmm. It brings like um, this joy that's transitioning. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I don't even, it's just something that just, you know, it moves me. Yeah. yeah. I'm, yes. I'm surprised you noticed that because. <laughs> oh, I noticed it because I do the same thing too. Because yeah. I know that environment and music has a lot to do with your attitude and it enhances it. So if yeah. you could put some music on there, hang out with the right people, be in the right environment. Oh man, you could do a lot of cool stuff, right? For I mean, real. you could do a 2,500 square foot mirror on a week in 100 degree weather, right? <laughs> <laughs> With your some of your Word. best friends and some of your Word. newest friends, right? So, yeah. so well, here's one thing that I'd like to ask you is how is painting different from dancing, but then how is it also similar from dancing too? Oh, uh, dancing like it transports, you know, the mind and body. So I feel like the difference. Uh, it's like I'm basically moving without there's a lot of love for like mm-hmm. freestyling in the cypher mm-hmm. and it was always about like the drum and bass uh, the drum that like the, you know the drum alone has mm-hmm. like like connection to the arenas of the powwow so if you've ever been oh, no. to one you know like the shaw dancers and the jingle dancers they all like have good footwork dude oh my brain goes into a trance <laughs> anytime i hear any kind of tribal drumming i don't yeah. care what country what what area of the world it's from i zone out yeah you know and so they have this thing because i'm filipino they yeah. have this this system of gongs called the cooling tongue and mm-hmm. it's six notes and I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Southeast Asian drumming, but it's a lot of brass bells. 
you know? Yeah. And so they get down with the bells and then some people get down with the drum. I mean, rock the bells, right? LL Cool J. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, wow. Right. It's, it's amazing. It just blows my mind. Whenever. Like, look, look, one tribe, check the rhyme or excursion would come on. Uh-huh. It was like my heart, yo. I, it would, I would go into the cipher and at first it'd be like my legs Mm-hmm. And then my arms, and then it was like, you know, it was just expressing my own, them like my head, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was just my own way of like expressing my own culture within the Yeah, it's like being yeah. possessed in a positive way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it like literally pulls you in. It's like, yeah. I can't, you know, I can't. I yeah, just gotta like, go oh, in. No. <laughs> so, so here's another thing that I had for you is one of the things that I learned over the course of assisting you was we both love Lauren Hill. Yeah. And one of my favorite songs of Lauren Hill's was, you know, her song to Zion, you know, to her son. And I know you have a four-year-old son. I mean, how has the birth of your son influenced your life, but specifically your art? Because well, I know that's majorly monumental. Ah, uh, man. I mean, it's kind of, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready because because my mom passed away. I, I realized that, hey, that's the realest love of all. It's the mom and the child. So I want to hear yeah. the art, artist's take on it for someone who just recently had, had a son. Yeah, bro. I, I like, I, I honestly nearly lost my life when I birthed my son. Like, oh, really? Yeah. I hemorrhage and like, and you know, I'm like beyond thankful to my midwife for bringing me too. Mm-hmm. He was nearly a 10 pound baby and oh, I wow. brought him like portal. I, I portal birthed him. Mm-hmm. So, um, I was, I feel in my heart, I was able to see the other side momentarily. Uh-huh. <laughs> crazy experience. Yeah. But I stopped like painting for a while just to like focus and cherish like precious moments with him. Thing. Yeah. So now that he is like not needing me as much, um, mm-hmm. I get to go all in and all out, you know, when I create. So mm-hmm. I just more or less it's just basically like leaving a legacy behind for him so you know zion to zion bro yeah for sure right yeah okay so here's our next thing so one of one of the questions that i like to ask a lot of the guests over the course of the season was do you have like a mantra motto or a slogan carry for the rest of the year in 2023 because we only got about three months left Yeah, I mean, I always, I was just talking to this artist, uh, another um, muralist last night that did uh, Long Beach Walls. And honestly, it's words breathe life, like literally. Mm-hmm. Because oh, which, which artist was it? Uh, Alepsis. Oh, okay. Yeah, I actually assisted with her for about half a day. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's is, really cool. She's cool. She, was supposed, she was supposed to give me spray paint lessons like <laughs> tips and aerosols and all that but then i got called to a knot oh so, yeah. yeah there was a there was a fight for me which is a yeah because you're <laughs> you're hella dope that's why <laughs> thank man. You. You, got, you got you got skill you're tall you got lengthy arms so. yeah baby tall baby 
yeah <laughs> so um sure there was there was a fight for you i appreciated you being out there Oh, but, but like for real, like I feel like words breathe life and anything you, mm-hmm. you know, manifest, you know, verbally, um, you know, it can it can come too. what do you have planned for like the immediate future? Any projects coming up or any exhibits? Uh, next month sometime, I feel like October, November, I'm lined up to do another large scale mural in Irvine. Oh, there we go. Uh, yeah. Hey, if you ever need any help. Yeah, call, call <laughs> the tall, the tall, skinny brown dude. <laughs> He's not afraid of the OC. I'm not afraid yeah. of the nine four nine. I have relatives there. <laughs> uh, like the nine four nine, yo. Like, oh man. Oh, I know. I just totally offended. Like, super conservative. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's all but, good. Yeah, okay, yeah. so what about any long term goals? What do you have going? Maybe possibly in the five years, like the dream stage. I mean, what's Mary doing? Honestly, like, like. Five ten years, I don't really see myself on a boom. I'll be mm. like hella old, you know. So yeah. I know you actually your words kind of because I'm older than you, and you're like, yeah, I can't be doing this forever. So let's. <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe I'll go out and else. help someone, but yeah, nah. I, I you earlier you mentioned earlier. Um, mm. You know, I'm just basically working on obtaining my teaching credential for students of yeah. art, and eventually, you know, I want to teach high school but eventually college level yeah yeah what's really dope is the fact that the site the site for your long beach walls you know was called sowing seeds and you're literally going to be sowing seeds within the community with your artwork i mean whether it be exhibitions or even teaching so i think that's just super dope yeah thank you all right mayor before we start closing up this interview do you have go ahead with the recap of your social so people could give you a follow, check you out, see what you're all about and see your past and your future work. Yeah, it's Young Mare I'm on IG, mareyoung.com. And Young Mare on IG is Mare Flower Young because there's another cat that's an mm-hmm. MC called Young Mare. So Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, just be on the lookout. Yeah. Mare Young. Mare Plugs flower young. Maybe you should dust off your MC skills and maybe you guys can battle. <laughs> Old school, I was, right? I'm more like poetic. <laughs> like I, I love poetry, so I was uh-huh. a horrible MC. Like I would love to like recite, you know, the Fuji's and stuff like that. But yeah, I'm not, okay, so, I'm not a very so, good MC. So the next thing we have is called the lightning round. It's like 10 really quick questions to kind of have the listening audience get to know you a little better. So are you down? You have one of two answers. So are you down? Okay, so here we go. First, first question, pencil or paintbrush? Pencil. Okay, pencil or spray can? Spray can. Okay, colors or value? Colors. Okay, warm or cool tones? I just found out your fa- two favorite colors and it's right in the middle. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I would say neutral. Okay, better instrumental, Step Into a World by KRS or Made You Look by Not? KRS, man. Okay, funny that you actually mentioned this uh, movie earlier, but better movie, Crush Groove or Style Wars? Style Wars. <laughs> Bigger adrenaline rush as an artist, finish work or a new concept? Ah, uh, finish work. Okay, number seven, Invisible Scratch Pickles or The Beat Junkies, LA versus The Bay? Oh, I gotta stand with LA. 
Okay. I got to stay with LA, man. I'm sorry. All right. Beat junkies it is. Okay. So number eight, tacos or burgers? Tacos, man. Okay. Number, okay. Number nine, Vietnamese or Thai food? Oh, man. <laughs> I know, right? We're going to fight. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's so hard. Yeah. They're both dope, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Thai. Okay. 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 Number 10. Bruce Lee or Bob Marley? No! Are you <laughs> They're both dope. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Well, the next one's even harder. Right, Bruce Lee or Bob Marley? Okay, they're both visionaries. They both helped the world. They started revolutions. Dude, they bridged the East and the West, right? They both start with B, yo. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Nah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We can't, we can't have you choose that. Okay. But here's the bonus question. This is even harder than the last question. Better cover by Lauren Hill. Killing me softly or can't take my eyes off of you? Oh man, um, I don't know because Roberta Flack killing me softly, you know. Oh, so I'll just oh, I take love, it. yeah, I can't take my eyes off of you. Yeah, yeah, me too. I love, I love Frankie. Is it Frankie Valley? Um, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, it's, it's just they're both dope, right? They are, bro. I can't. Yeah. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, Mary Young from Long Beach, uh, G High alumnus like myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So thanks for coming out. And yeah, just let us know anytime you have anything in the future. If you need any help in the 949. Right on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but thanks, thanks, thanks for everything, Mayor. And yeah, man, just keep creating and doing it for the community. And I'm sure we're, we're going to cross paths. Uh, hey, hey, aho, Christian. Thank you so okay. much for having me. I appreciate you, dude. Okay. All right. See you, brother. Bye. <laughs> and then.